Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from the bunkhouse at our training facility on a beautiful spring morning. A lot of things been happening. I've been wrapping up my customer horses. I actually, as of today, I have one customer horse left to get sent home before my spring run really cranks up and, and we're actually going into the summer a little more this year than we normally do. And then we're going to start back in the fall with some clinics. And then we have our four mentorship weeks, September, October, November, December. And uh, we're really looking forward to them. We got a lot of new things planned for those. And those are really becoming popular because of, to me, it's, it's a whole, it's kind of a next level program. I think to date, almost everybody, but maybe one or two that have been through the mentorship week have been to a clinic previously, and then the mentorship week just turns into a whole nother level as far as from the business side, the personal development side, and the horsemanship side, of course, is is the foundation of all of it. So, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to what we've got coming up. It's been... Uh, it's just been a, a great spring so far. I leave next week to go to Quentin, Virginia for two clinics back to back. And then when I get back, I got a couple of days and then I head to South Dakota for two clinics that are back to back at Hermosa and Spearfish and a little break in there. Uh, I think I've got a week or so. And then I'm headed to North Dakota for about three weeks. So it's, it's going to be a, Really looking forward to it, and uh, and you know it's it's going to be I it's going to be really weird when that last customer horse leaves because I don't know that in the last twenty five years maybe more that there's been a time where I didn't have a customer horse on my place. It's going to be, I mean I ain't lie I ain't gonna lie it's been kind of nice. I've had a little more time to do some things that I wanted to get done, some projects. And, um, you know, it, it's I think it's always good to freshen up. So when I get back the middle of June, I'll be ready to I'll be ready to get back to work and and not listen to myself talk and just ride around in quiet. <laughs> It'll it's funny how that works after I get home from a clinic and I've been talking and, and you know, instructing and, and sharing experiences and suggestions. As there's times I got to get home and I just got to be in quiet for a while. <laughs> I get tired of listening to my own voice. So anyway, that's what, that's what we got coming up. And uh, so anyway, today I, I got a couple questions couple requests. First one is uh, from Sloan Smith from up there in, in Alberta. Um, Sloan worked for me for about three years 
and just did a outstanding job for me and and he and I worked long enough that he you know we he he's lived through the good the bad and the ugly of the training business at my place so he's kind of seen it all um when he was with me not not a lot I'll be honest with you not a lot of guys stick with me for three years but you know Sloan was with me long enough that he pretty much knew what I was thinking before I thought it and uh was usually starting on something before I even asked him to so he's but he's got a really good question he's uh you know he's up there in Canada and and of course, every, most people know that he's married to Stacy, um, my marketing and event director. And so, you know, obviously she's directly a huge part of Phil Haugen horsemanship and, and Sloan has been a big part of it as well. So Sloan's question is, what's your opinion on riding your best horse first or saving them for the last horse of the day? And man, that is a question that I have asked myself many times through my training career and really after when when sloan sent me that text message and uh asked me about that because he said i think this is um, he said he'd been thinking about this a lot and he thought it'd be a great podcast topic and he's right it is you know earlier in the week this this is how i used to do it so or this is how i still do it not used to do it but when i was cranked up and we were plumb full of horses and that's all we did was train horses. You know, beginning of the week, of course, usually I, everything had Sunday off. Well, first thing Monday morning, I, I tackled the toughest ones first and saved maybe the ones that were farther along. I'm not you know, it doesn't mean they'll be that much easier, but usually they are, you know, there's, as the greener horses, you have more groundwork and preparation to get to a point where you step in the stirrup. And so with the younger, with the horses that have a lot fewer rides, your physical activity is going to be increased it's going to be more of an aerobic event because i'm going to do a lot more on the ground and then step on then work them and a lot of times it you know it takes longer you know it takes quite a little bit longer at times well i always those horses where i needed where the activity was going to be more physical and more aerobic i would normally start with those horses first thing and and I would always have I would have a set that my goal was to get through them and then I would break for lunch. Not necessarily here and here's one thing you don't want to do. You won't don't want to say, well, I want to get through them by this certain time. I did that. But the problem there is you find yourself hurrying through that last horse to make that deadline. And so I quit doing that. I would quit, you know, I would get through a certain set of horses and then whatever time it was, if it was noon, if it was one, it was one thirty, whatever, that's when I would break for lunch. And then I would come back and I would work on that second set of horses. So I, I really would kind of break my horses into two sets. And that's how I would approach it 
at the beginning of the week. Now, sometimes that would change towards the end of the week because by midweek, once I got through Wednesday, a lot of times I had that first set of horses really dialed in and really softened up and using the thinking side of their brain more. And so sometimes I would flip-flop that on Thursdays and Fridays. And I would go with my, with my A team in the morning because the reason I would do that and and Sloan may not be at this point yet because of his age, he's young. But the reason I would flip-flop it on Thursday is because Thursday and Friday, I'd be stiff and sore. And so I would start with, with maybe what I would call my A-team in the morning. And by noon, when I, when I switch sets, I would be more softened up. And then I would ride that other set in the afternoon. And, and it was a good way to mix it up for the horses too, a little bit. Because what would happen is later in the week, that same set of horses would get saddled and tied up. But they would stand tied at the hitching rack longer than the A-team. And so that would, you know, that that was one way of doing that. Now, it, there's really no right or wrong way of doing it, but here's one thing you really need to pay attention to. You need to set your horses up to where you know you're mentally going to be in a state of mind where you will take the time, help them understand the responses you're asking for, be patient, be a communicator and a leader. You know, like we always talk about, to me, it's so simple. I mean, horsemanship, great horsemanship is simply communication and leadership, just like great coaching is. What, you know, to me, a great coach is a communicator, great communicator and a great leader. That's, to me, it's just that simple. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like we need to make it any more complicated than that, or for me, I can't make it any more complicated than that because I'm just a pretty simple person. So, you know, that that's the main thing. When you're working with those horses, you got to make sure that you're not in a mindset that is not conducive to a great learning environment for that horse. Because there are certain horses that, I mean you had to really slow things down, really dumb it down, really make it easy to help them understand the responses you're asking for. And if you're in a state of mind where you're kind of in a hurry and impatient, you're probably wasting your time trying to train that horse because your communication and your leadership is not going to be very good. And, and here's the biggest thing is patience. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, anybody that knows me personally and knew me growing up and knew me when I was younger and they listen to me now, I promise you they're going, yeah, that's not the guy I knew. I promise you. There's, there's people that probably, 
here that I do a podcast and that I'm doing clinics and that I've survived in the training business for 40 years that go, yeah, that, that wasn't the dude I knew back in the eighties. <laughs> and you know what? They're telling the truth. They are absolutely spot on because I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah, I'm living proof that people can change. And do I have a lot of work left to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every day I wake up and I realize how much more I've got to learn and how much better I can get and how much more patient I can get. I'll give you a good example. So this last week, I I swear at least three times a day, something happened that needed our attention, needed fixed, needed to call a service guy, needed, you know, we've got our training facility, we've got uh, a set of bunkhouse style apartments on our place that, that we manage. Wade and Gentry have a, have a boarding kennel, a dog boarding kennel down there, which is a really, really a neat, really a neat setup. But we, we maintain and manage all of it and this facility and you know, there was something all week long, two or three times a day, there was something that came up that normally doesn't. I told Bridget this weekend, I swear, I've cussed more this week than I have in the last six months. And I mean, not horrible, but, and I don't like that when I do that, but there were times that I was frustrated and I'm, I guarantee you a cuss word came out of my mouth. And, you know, it is it is so easy to fall back into into you know what we once were and i was thinking about that and just laughing about it yesterday because i was like man you know you think you got things going your way and then get some monkey wrenches thrown into your to your daily routine and and see how it changes you well I'll tell you what, there was a couple of them days that, oh, and on top of that, yeah, so add this to it. A week ago, I was getting some quarter rounds down at Stephenville when I was coming back from my clinic in Giddings, Texas, and this was 10 days ago, and I was rat and I was strapping that that lumber down on a flatbed and bringing it back, and, and I pulled something in my back, like, I don't know what, and for 10 days i've been to the chiropractor three times last week couldn't get couldn't get comfortable to sleep at night and you know that added to all the rest of the the mess ups that were happening last week well i'm gonna tell you what there was a couple days in there that i probably mentally wasn't in a very good spot to be trying to communicate and be a leader to young horses and and there was a couple days in there I couldn't ride anyway because I couldn't step in the stirrup because my back hurt. Well, you know what? That was probably my back being hurt. That was probably a blessing because otherwise, you know, I would have been trying to train those horses those days and I probably wouldn't have been a very good leader. Probably wouldn't have been a very good communicator. We're going to have those days. You know, we're going to have those days. 
there was a, I was listening to an interview with, with an Olympian and she was talking about preparing for the Olympics and her coach was an Olympian. So she said, when anytime he said anything, I soaked it up because I knew he'd already been there. Well, she'd had a day where it wasn't a very good practice. And, you know, he told her preparation for anything is all about thirds. And she was like, what, what are you talking about? He said, you know, you got to understand that if a third of the time you're doing really good, a third of the time you're doing okay. And a third of the time you're doing crappy, you got to understand that you're probably on the right path. As long as those thirds are somewhat in balance, you know, if you're feeling crappy, you know, three fourths of the time or two thirds of the time that you, you know, yeah, maybe something needs adjusted, but, but what, what her coach was telling her is, you know what? Life ain't perfect. It, it ain't going to go perfect all the time. You know, a third of the time it's going to be really good. You're going to be really good. A third of the time you're going to be okay. And a third of the time you're going to be crappy. Those you have to get through some of those crappy days to get back to the really good days. You know, and I think sometimes, and it's really, Sloan's question really made me think about all that because there, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I had one day where I just was not very good. You know, my communication and leadership was just not very good. And the reason I know it wasn't very good is because the responses I got from my horses weren't very good. And my horses are 100% a mirror of my communication and leadership. And I've accepted that. If my horse is hitting on all cylinders, and I mean, we're, we're whacking it out and they're firing, and they're responding and they're sharp and everything's crisp and clear. That is what I was that day. And that's what you are that day. You know, and that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow at times because, you know, we wanna we wanna point fingers, we wanna play the blame game, we wanna say, Oh, I hate those bloodlines, or I this horse is stupid, or whatever. Well, you know. Not to get off track, but it's long time ago, long, long time ago when I heard Ray Hunt say, you know, I'm I'm helping horses with human problems. Well, when he said that, I felt like he was looking right at me. <laughs> and and you know what? It more than likely he probably was. And and should have been. <laughs> and he should have been. So, you know, all of those things that I just talked about you have to think about going back to Sloan's original question of which horse do I ride first each day? Think about, okay, where, where am I at? Where am I at mentally? Because if I'm a little fragile mentally, don't go get on your most fragile horse. If you need to get yourself dialed back in, go get on one that you know you're going to have success on that you know is dialed into your program, that you know trusts your leadership and communication and has confidence in you. 
and then move on from there because here's what happens with me i i figure out real quick which ones help me get back centered and get back on track because those days where i'm on that edge where i could easily get into the middle of a fight with a horse or a human i've just i'm in that mindset and i'm well for lack of a better term i'm about half pissed off about something those aren't the days to go get on one of those horses that is a little bit fragile anyway because that's not going to end good the first time they make a wrong move or they resist or they go into flight mode or they go into self-defense mode i'm going to go into flight fight mode and self-defense mode well that that doesn't work that doesn't work so i think you know i know i haven't given you a black and white answer to sloan's question but at the same time i think you've got some things to think about because when he asked that question it made me think a lot about some things i've done right and some things that i could have done better when selecting where i start each day because it is so important now years ago i did figure out later in the week when i'm a little sore and stiff and i need a little more time to loosen up my muscles and my body on thursdays like middle middle of the week i'd usually switch and like thursday friday saturday i'd go to you know my a team in the mornings b team in the afternoons because i i would be in better shape as far as being loosened up physically then monday tuesday wednesday i'd get along good but you ride, you know, and, and really an easy day would be 10 horses. But especially when you're getting up there in the teens and you're riding 14, 15, 16 horses. And I used to do that by myself without much help at all. You know, years ago, back in the 90s, early 2000s. But later on, if I was working that many horses, I would have somebody helping catch, helping, you know, maybe unsaddling, washing them off, tying them back up on water. And, and really and truly for what they needed, that was probably, you know, we had, we got results, but it would have been a lot better if I'd have been able to take more time with all of those horses. But here's the thing, when you, when you're, you know, that's the one thing in the training business that everybody needs to pay attention to is understand you're way better off charging more and riding half as many and being able to do a great job and taking some pressure off yourself because it is physically and mentally fatiguing. It, it will take a toll on you. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now to where, you know, with my clinic schedule you know i think i've got i think we'll do about 20 some events this year and you add in you add in not only those but you add in travel time 
you end up, there's a lot of days where I'm just physically not here. Well, you know, you can only, you only get as much time in on them as you are here. So you have to, you know, my schedule on the number of horses is decreased significantly because of that. But at the same time, it's been a, it's been a really nice transformation because I, I don't feel like I wake up with a gun to my head having to hit the ground running. And if I don't get, you know, if I don't get five or six worked by noon, it's, it's going to be a, a long evening. So, you know, setting your schedule, taking care of your really and truly what this question comes back to is understanding yourself mentally and putting yourself in a position to make your day be as efficient as efficient as it can be. And, you know, there's everybody can do it differently. There's no completely right or wrong way to do it, but Sloan, he's a thinker. And, and that's, I always say that this is a thinking game and you gotta be work smarter, not harder. So, you know, that's a top, that's a great topic. I want to thank Sloan again for, for texting that, that podcast topic to me, because that, that's a great topic. I mean, we could talk about it for days. For everybody out there, thanks again. Have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, this week and every week, be your best. Hey, everybody. Today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors. Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Silver Lining Herbs, Starbar, Clarify, and Better Horses. These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.